This is the Passion Lands A Lot of Team podcast, the top producing real estate team from New York City to the Hamptons. We bring you content week in and week out on all things real estate, finance, and lifestyle. Enjoy. All right, guys. Uh, we are live. We're here with uh, Chasten J. Miles. He is a Texas realtor who runs a team. Uh, he does very well. He's also got a book. He's an author. He's he's a coach. He's he's gone from uh, you know moving across the country to starting a real estate team in Texas and growing it into a big successful business. And he's living his best life. Um, Chasten, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Hopefully, drop some knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) So, the reason we wanted you on uh, today was we want to hear about your journey. Um, From what we understand, you have you have an awesome story, and I think it's interesting because a lot of people struggle quietly, right? And there's a lot of people that through your story are going to find a lot of inspiration. It's going to be able to take them to places that they never knew they could go. But the only way to do that is for you to tell it, right? So, right. So start from the beginning, man. Tell me about, you know, when, you know, when you were looking to move to Texas and that whole experience and everything that happened leading up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a great starting place. Um, I, I did. I moved here to Texas from Georgia. I was out there, went to high school out there. I actually grew up down in Houston. So, you know, I was originally from Texas, but I was kind of that kid that um, was probably going to end up being a statistic. I mean, I got put out of my middle school, like legit expelled uh-huh. out of my middle school and started a new semester at this at this other school and things weren't going well. I, I probably want to say I had all Fs there. Yeah. So my family came to this decision because I have the type of family where everybody has to talk about it. And I'm not just talking like mom and dad and stuff. It's, oh, yeah grandma grandpa like it's a family discussion <laughs> do you have sim- a lot so, of si- do you have any siblings yeah brothers, i have sisters? two brothers actually two brothers. okay yeah. older and i'm the oldest okay so yeah so i was the one setting the example yeah um but i was always kind of a moderately bright kid i think i was just maybe too bright for my own good and so my family decided to kind of ship me off to georgia with one of my aunts she was moving there her job was transferring her there. And so, hey, we were we were close, so go and live with her. And I just went by myself, so my brothers didn't come with me. And that's kind of where I started my new life. So I started there in high school, and I moved to a town that was north of Atlanta where, you know, you're kind of from this small town, and everybody grows up with everybody. They went to middle school together. There's only one middle school, one high school type of situation. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, everybody kind of knew each other. I was I was that kid that was just there and where I came from I was I was kind of you know a little badass rebel oh excuse me sorry <laughs> no, <laughs> no, right, right. uh, I was I was kind of a little rebel out there to go to a place where literally I was just a nobody but that kind of changed my whole life really because this was a more affluent area and it was like nothing that I had ever been used to, you know. Um, people didn't talk the way that I talked. They mm-hmm. didn't walk the way. They didn't dress the way that I dressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just 
totally different. I was the one, you know, wearing baggy clothes and my shirt down to my ankle and my pants down to, you know, my shoes <laughs> versus everybody over there was dressed in Ralph Lauren shirts and khaki pants. Just like, <laughs> what the heck? Culture but, shock, right? I know, I know, but I had to adjust. Yeah. And um, that was that was where my life kind of went into, you know, a whole turning point. Then I got to college and, you know, kind of reverted back to my old ways. So, mm-hmm. so I was doing all kinds of stuff in college just because- What I college you go to? Free, I went to Kennesaw State. Okay. So it wasn't even a big college at the time. I mean, I want to say it was the third largest in Georgia, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't, you know, Ivy League or anything like that. We didn't even have a football team. And so, uh, like, I started there and didn't finish, but, you know, they had a great dining hall that had opened up, and that's where I kind of <laughs> spent most of my time. And, um, so the whole real estate thing kind of came around when me and my buddies, we were looking to live off campus for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so um, we started seeing these signs around campus, you know, for off-campus housing and called them called one of them turned out to be a real estate office and just kind of went down that path and started asking more about real estate and slowly becoming into it. Um, but I didn't grow up necessarily wanting to be a real estate agent. I didn't know anything about real estate. You yeah. know, I didn't come from a family where there was even any real estate agents. We didn't, we didn't make that kind of money. You know, we didn't yeah. have you fell into the business. Life. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I ended up here. Really, that's where it all began. So from there, you 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 go to you go to Texas, right? Well, where did you mm-hmm. where did you initially get licensed in Atlanta or Texas? No, I actually initially got licensed in Texas, but I started um, back in Atlanta when I got this bright idea that I wanted to become a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. So they hit me with that class cost, mm-hmm. um, and so you know I had a little student loan money to get me started, <laughs> and I actually talked the people into putting me on a payment plan. So the future was was looking very bright. Yep. And I was attending classes, actually being a model student. I mean, sitting front row and everything. But circumstances happened, and I couldn't necessarily pay the next installment mm-hmm. of the classes. So of course, I got kicked out of the class. And um, yeah, so from there, it was kind of one of those moments again where I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. My aunt ended up moving back here to Texas. And so I was over in Georgia alone again, wasn't really up to anything good. I had moved down into the city and, you know, got mingled with a lot of the wrong people to where all we were doing was like partying, but partying for free. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just said to myself, something has to change and, you know, I got to do things differently. And so that's when I just kind of up and literally decided to move to Texas. There was no planning, no savings, no, no, no nothing, friends, just nothing there one day and gone. Huh? So when you moved to Texas, did you, did you move back to your, like your own place or did you move back to with your aunt or friends or? No. Yeah. So I moved over here with a buddy of mine and we got this like super cheap apartment mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just kind of started there. So no, I wasn't, I wasn't living with anybody wasn't really doing anything. Um, I was working part-time at like a cell phone store, so slanging cell phones. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where I learned my sales there, though, I yeah. want to say. Yeah. But that's what I was doing, just enough to kind of pay the bills until couldn't pay the bills anymore when I got in real estate again. 
or for the first time, but that's where I actually started my real real estate journey because I finished the classes here and took the test here and, you know, became licensed. So now you're licensed in Texas. You're ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about your first year in real estate. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> I mean. What year was it? We, this is 2012, 13? This had to be like 2014. 2014. Okay. Yeah. 2013, 2014 was my first year in real estate. And I was probably like a feather blown in the wind. Yeah. Um, you know, I was so excited about it and I felt like I was accomplished, but I was probably at the lowest place that I could ever imagine that someone could be trying to build a real estate business. I, I had just moved here. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a lot of money. Heck, I didn't even know like barely where I lived. Like I had to use GPS to go anywhere mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get out here and slang houses. And so, you know, I was probably at a very low place for a realtor. I didn't, I didn't have much instruction or much guidance. Um, of course I didn't like barely scraping by, meaning I could only pay for what I absolutely needed even down to like right. business cards, you know, mm -hmm. I felt like I absolutely needed business cards, but mines didn't come in the mail in a, in a box. They came from Walmart out of those packs that you can stick in the printer <laughs> and print whatever you wanted on, you know? So yeah. that's kind of how it was for me, but it was just kind of one of those things where I had to do what I had to do. And I said to myself that I got to figure this out because I didn't really have any other hope. Like I, I spent all my money trying to get into real estate. Your back was I'm, against I'm, the wall. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's how it was. Yeah. So, so when you, you know, first it, when you first got licensed, that first, like what were you doing to get listings? Or you were trying to work with buyers? I mean, how were you? What were you, what types of things were you doing to actually, you know, work with a buyer or work with a seller? Yeah, so kind of what it looked like for me, it was showing up at the office every day mm -hmm. and sitting on a computer watching people rush by, mm -hmm. not knowing what they were doing. Um, kind of even scared to ask people for, for help. And so what I started doing was I just kind of started reading. I started reading just blogs that were out there or training manuals that, that they had gave me. I had joined Keller Williams. So when I joined, they gave me this like book about that big, yeah. just all kinds of stuff in it. Um, I didn't necessarily know what to do with that, but I just started reading. And when you really get down to that place of like desperation, you would like try anything. Yeah. So yep. I was I was kind of going through the book. Okay, well, today's lesson or this page says to send out these postcards. Well, I didn't have anybody to send postcards to. Skip that page. <laughs> so then it started talking about um, calling everybody in your phone book, calling 100 people a day. So I opened up my phone book and started calling people. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, why are you calling me? You want to get stuff <laughs> later? Um, you know, so it's just like, okay, that's not going to work either. And then finally I ended up getting to like scripts so i started trying to memorize scripts and you know hi i'm the local neighborhood expert in the area and i want to you know like all that corny stuff yeah, um, yeah i started memorizing scripts what i was going to do with those scripts i didn't really know um next page then it started talking about door knocking i went out door knocking one day almost fainted said i wasn't going to do that again <laughs> um, so you know it was it was just a matter of like trying different things what actually hit though um, was a cold call, you know, and, and and I was I was struggling. Someone had like passed me a buyer. I didn't know anything about buyers. It was just one of their like Zillow leads. I went out and showed them a house or two until I found out that 
you know, of course they weren't qualified to purchase the house and this letter from Chase that they were showing me wasn't really a, a real pre-approval. Yep. Um, and you know, but I was just happy to be there at that point. Yeah. So, so it really didn't, didn't matter to me, but what ended up hitting my first deal, it was from a cold call. Nice. So after that, or even your first year, how, how long did it take from the first day you started to the first day you, you know, did your first deal? Was it, did you do it in the first year or did it take after that? It, it did happen within the first year. I want to say it took around eight months or so for me to get my first deal closed. Mm-hmm. I probably got that listing three or four months into the business and then the rest of the time was trying to get that that thing sold before it expired on me. Yeah, yeah. that's that, awesome. I mean, that's that's what it is for most realtors, right? They start in the business and they start and they look at the guys at the top and how much money they're making and how many listings they have. And they think, that's that's why I'm doing this. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And they don't realize that it takes six to eight to 10 months to, to even get your first commission check. And most people end up, right? I mean, you know this, backing out or quitting before they ever get there. And that's the biggest mistake. I mean, what's so impressive is that you literally were in a city, you know, where you knew no one, you really had no help and you were just trying different things, but you stuck with it. And, and and that's what it is for you. So when you, when you mentioned you got it from cold calling, who were you cold calling? Like how, how'd you get lists? Were you actually knocking on doors? Were you physically cold calling on the phone? Where did those leads come from? Yeah, so it was on the phone. I pulled up this website. I want to say it was either fsbo.com or forsellbyowner.com. And I, I mean, because this was before I, I didn't know anything about Red X or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know to cross-reference the properties in MLS or anything to see if they were listed. <laughs> so um, I just randomly pulled this this site up because everybody would talk about cold call for sale by owners and cold call expired. Well. I, I got on this website because it seems to be the only free place where I can find for sale by owners. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is totally against their rules, but I didn't notice at the time because they didn't want like realtors calling them. But I called a um, a few of them and a few of them didn't answer. But the, the, the one person who did answer ended up starting to, you know, ask me about what I think that the property is worth and, you know, how I could get it sold. Of course, I didn't know anything like that. So it was a matter of, you know, I mean, and he was talking like real casual to me, but you know, when somebody's talking and you feel like they're probably like rubbing their head or like doing this while they're <laughs> yeah, talking, yeah. like, I, I like could just hear shot. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he was just annoyed. But anyways, um, I was like, yes, sir. And I was so excited. I was like, yes, sir. I will, you know, run a CMA on your property and I'll give you a call right back and everything. So I got off the phone with him. I didn't know how to run a CMA, so I had to get help at that time. And so I found somebody to help me run a CMA. And this was probably all in the the matter span of like 20 minutes and ran that CMA and called the guy back. And I'm halfway through my little CMA presentation based on my scripts. You know, this is based on these things. And, you know, he was just like, all right, man, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and um, give it to you. The lockbox is already on the door. Um, You know, just let me know what what I need to do. And I was kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) really? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll get the documents ready and sent right over to you. And then I'll never forget this because he stopped me um, mid-sentence. He was like, wait, wait, wait. Do you want to know why I gave you the listing? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, (laughs) duh, you know, that was my next question. Um, 
And he goes, because you actually did what you said that you were going to do. You actually call me back with the information that you said that you were going to call me back with. And that's how I got that, that listing. I sent him the documents over electronically. He signed them on the spot. I, I hadn't even been to the home. I didn't know where it was at. <laughs> I didn't know anything, but I knew I had got my first li- listing. That's awesome. And that was a lesson that's always stuck with me. You know, Jason, do what you say you're going to do. Like if you tell somebody, yes, do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And you ended up selling it. But, I ended up selling it, but that was probably one of the hardest listings I've ever sold. They usually are. Just, well, it made it so know. difficult to sell. Well, I think it was my lack of knowledge, first off, mm-hmm. um, and not just knowledge on how to sell a home, but even like real estate in general, you know, how to sell it. And I got so bullied by the other agent. Oh, man, she ran all over, up and down and over me mm-hmm. on that deal. But, um, you know, it was just my lack of knowledge and my lack of resources. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't barely have any money to market that property. Um, what types of things were you doing? Was it mostly open houses? I mean, I had an open house every, probably three times a week at that. (laughs) I was, I was, I was in, because that was one of the things that I could do. I, I was having a lot, a lot of open houses and were you getting buyers from those open houses? I'm sorry. Were you getting buyers from those open houses? Nope. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nobody was coming in and, and it was a real moment of mine when probably like three months down the line of having this listing and holding this home open every single weekend, because keep in mind, I didn't really have much else to do. So mm-hmm. I was holding it open a lot. I'll never forget this. I was, I was in that home. Just, just imagine like kind of one of the biggest ranch style homes you can imagine, but like the scariest, most coldest place you've ever been. <laughs> um, you know, and I remember literally sitting in there one day, Cause I like sitting on the floor because I didn't think to have a chair with me and I was sitting in there one day and I, I, I had a breakdown, like a legit breakdown. I mean, and I'm not one to cry or anything, but I was just like bawling because yeah. I was just like, what am I doing? You know, is this, is this truly what real estate is? And, and I feel like I'm working so hard on this. I don't have any more money. My lights are off at the home. I'm sitting, I mean, my lights are off at my, at my apartment. I'm sitting in this, in this cold open house. Nobody's coming in ever. And like, like, what am I doing? You know, or why am I even doing this? Um, and luckily that next week I ended up getting an offer in, but you know, I was just, holding open houses. Oh, and I was also marketing on social media. That's kind of where my whole social media path started. Right. Um, but I was marketing on social media and people were probably tired of seeing that ugly house, but I was trying. So let me and, ask you this. Now you, you get that house sold, right? Whew, mm-hmm. You got a couple of dollars in your pocket now. Where do you take your business from there? I started buying leads. Okay. Um, I started buying leads and I started investing more in like making myself the realtor that I thought I needed to be. Right. Um, so I actually bought me some real headshots. <laughs> I, I got some real business cards. Then I started um, on this kind of whole digital marketing journey. So I, I did invest in Zillow leads or realtor.com. One of those, because I finally had a sale under my belt. So I felt like you know, I need to do that. They made me a sweet little deal. Yeah, we'll give you two leads for a hundred bucks. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, something like crazy. that. But I, I spent my money on that. And 
really investing in myself more. Right. So um, really trying to equip myself with more knowledge, like stuff that I can actually pay for books, videos, courses, all that type of stuff. And really doing the whole social media thing. Like that's what I want to say grew my business. So is that when you started? Cause you, cause you started YouTube. I mean, I've been watching your videos for a while, but you, mm-hmm. you started YouTube what, three years ago or two years, how many years? Yeah. How, yeah. I want to say it was around three or four years about ago, three or four years ago. I started. So from year one to whatever year it was, when did you start to notice? Cause you said it took eight months for the first deal to finally get off your chest. Right. So mm-hmm. when did you start to notice that, that jump, you know, was it the third year? Because you, you have to stay persistent at it. Right. So how right. long did it take for you to really say, you know what, I'm ac- I can do this. I'm actually doing this. How long did it take for you to get to that? Yeah. Kind of immediately after I made that first sale, <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, I, you know, I can, I can, I can do this because, you know, I, I I got a taste of the money and and I kind of saw what to well, from my perception of the real estate career at that time, I saw, OK, that's what it takes. You know, that's that's what it takes. It, it takes me cold calling. It takes me um, sitting in these open houses. It takes me doing these things to get business. So so what I did was I took that same stuff and just supercharged it and unfortunately looking back i should have been doing that stuff the whole time but again i didn't have that start to finish perception of okay if you do this then the ending is going to be like like this so it wasn't until i finished that first transaction that i took things like a lot more seriously um not that i wasn't taking them seriously before but i knew kind of what to expect or what to do to to get the business and so I really, really, really got on social media a lot after that. And what I feel like helped because I want to say after my first deal, deals started coming in a lot more quicker because what I started doing was I started getting on social media a lot more. And at the time when I was doing that, and I tell people this all the time, like realtors are always the last ones to hop on a trend, I feel Mm. like. But at the time that I was doing that, there wasn't hardly anybody else doing Facebook. There wasn't hardly anyone else um, getting on YouTube talking about real estate. So real quick question, all of your efforts on social, right? With Instagram and Facebook and everything, was it all organic or did you run ads at the time? Because the algorithms changed over the years, right? And now it's getting more and more difficult to reach people. Um, 100% organic. Yeah. Okay. So, so how, so how do you create content? Like, like, like what goes through your head when you're saying to yourself, okay, I want to create content that's going to draw some attention and maybe I could deliver some good, good ideas or thoughts to people. And and maybe this will go a little viral and it'll turn into someone thinking that I'm, you know, uh, or knowing now that I am a thought leader in the industry and, and and that'll translate to business, you know, walk me through all that. So, so are you referring to kind of today or back then? Back then, and then how it's changed leading up to today. Yeah, so back then it was more from a place of perception is reality type of deal. Um, you know, if I say that I'm a realtor, if I say that I'm an expert negotiator, if I say that I'm the market expert, then people will believe it. Now I just have to start putting the image around it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have to keep blasting this one cell that I did. And, and, and what was so cool about it, which I think attributed to it being so organic, it stood out because there was not a lot of people doing it. And so as of right now, how, how Facebook and these social media platforms can be so crowded with real estate stuff mm-hmm. back then, I mean, it was, it was like just a lane there for me, you yeah. know, um, people were still embarrassed. And at the time there was no real Facebook ads, or at least I didn't know how to use like Facebook ads was just maybe coming about, yep. but everybody was trying to figure out the, the thing with that. So, so it was just like a clear lane to where I can just start like blasting out. I, I remember this, I just started adding people on Facebook, mm. like literally just adding people that I didn't even know, mm. like, oh, I want this person to start seeing my stuff and I want this person. And, and the algorithms weren't as heavy then. Right. You know, whatever you put on your timeline, a lot of your friends saw it. You know, it wasn't like it is today. Yeah. And so it was a lot easier for me to just put that information out there. Then, you know, as you start to get in this industry, then you start meeting with people, you know, you start meeting with lenders and insurance agents and inspectors and all those people. And kind of how I would create my content was really based around what they were telling me, mm-hmm. you know, so they would start talking about this and that, then I would go and write a blog post about it or record a video about it. Um, people were sending me infographics and title companies were sending me, you know, foreclosures and rates. And I would just post all this stuff out to the public. I'm like, well, if they're sending me this, I guess it's important. I didn't even know what half of that stuff was, <laughs> but again, I was the one that was doing that when that information was only available to to realtors and I was just making this stuff public. And so, you know, people were starting to ask questions and, and take note of me and think that I was more than I actually was just simply because of the resources that I was putting out there. What about the people like the other agents in your office who aren't doing this? Were they looking, were they even paying attention to you? Were they, did they notice what you were doing and they, they, did they laugh at it or did they say like, Hey, that's pretty interesting. I should be doing that. What was their reaction to all this? A few of them laughed. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, a lot of the heavy hitters, you know, were, were kind of like, Oh, that stuff will never work. And, yeah. Oh, you're wasting your time doing this. And Oh, you need to be doing this and doing that. But there was also a good number of people that were kind of like, Hey, tell me how to create a Facebook post or, you know, tell me how to record a video. How'd you do that? How'd you know what to say? And, and I was just like, okay. And so that's kind of how that came about. So I want to say that it was 50, 50, because again, realtors seem to always be the last ones to get on a trend, Mm -hmm. but as they saw the, the engagement that I was getting and the people, you know, liking stuff where they're getting three, four likes and I'm getting 20, which seemed like a huge number or a hundred, which was just like, whoa, you know, that's what kind of got their attention to, you know, say, hey, can you help us do this? And then my brokerage started asking me to teach classes there about it, like literally teaching classes on how to post on Facebook. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine that? That must have been yeah, a simple yeah. class. <laughs> you were the you were the Gary Vaynerchuk of Kelly Williams. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But 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 that's literally how it was, you know. It was just a new avenue and heck, I mean people people were responding to it. So now fast forward to today with regards to the current state of social media, it, how, how does your strategy approaching that change? Cuz in my opinion, you know, social media is still the strongest form of advertising that exists, right? I think it, you'd be very you'd be very hard pressed to 
to be able to get the same exposure with print advertising pretty much anywhere, right? I mean, to a certain degree, even commercials today, people are fast forwarding through them and everything's on Netflix. And, you know, the, the way they broadcast NFL football cha- games has changed where they're playing the game with the commercials now so that they know people are watching it. So, but as those corporations start to move their dollars to social media and and Facebook and Instagram starts to change the algorithm, I mean, the only organic good platform now, I would say, for organic specifically outside of Instagram, which is still great, is probably LinkedIn. So how, how, does, how does the strategy change, um, you know, in 2019 where you know – you know, it, it, the writing's on the wall that Instagram's going to start to shut down that out. They're going to start to replicate that same algorithm from Facebook to Instagram because they want the dollars that the influencers are getting, mm-hmm. right? So how do we, so how, what's your... What, how do you stand out? Yeah, how do you stand out today versus before these algorithms started to change? Right. I think, first off, it's important to recognize that information is received differently than it was before. Mm-hmm. You know, information, the way that the consumers take in information, the way that we take in information is a lot different than even how it was four or five years ago. Um, someone used to be able to sit and read an article, whereas now, if it's not within 15 seconds mm-hmm. of a video, you know, nobody's going to watch it. Yeah. And so first recognizing how the information is received and being able to adapt your marketing message or whatever you want people to pay attention to being able to fit it into that that mold is the first thing that I always like to take into account whether we're talking about a Facebook video an Instagram story a YouTube video they're all received differently Mm -hmm. secondly is the information that that people receive nowadays is is a lot different than what they once received or needed to receive so for like real estate specifically there's a ton of stuff out there that tell you how to buy a home Mm. or there's a ton of things out there that tell you about mortgages you know so why are we continuing to put these same messages out there that that someone could easily go on google and see pages and pages and pages and pages of the information written about the same thing right so whenever i am thinking about what to put out there i'm always thinking about either something that's not being said you know, so so is this something that we deal with as agents that just the consumers they don't know about, or is it something that needs to be brought public because everybody's thinking it but nobody's saying it? You yeah. know, so so creating a a real lane to my I mean for myself to make people look at it. Um, I believe that it's always important with any marketing message nowadays for us as agents to have a strong call to action. You know, it 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 really gives me like that feeling of, oh, I just want to shake you when I still see agents putting links out there that just go to their contact page, you know, Mm -hmm. because again, information is received differently. Even marketing messages are being sent differently. So we, we can't pretend like sending someone to your contact page is going to turn into a closing anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I love how Gary Vaynerchuk talks about the whole jab, 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 right hook thing, because that's something that that we really need to adapt to. And I try to do with everything that I'm putting out there marketing wise, and that's providing value. You know, we, we want to kind of get scared on this whole real estate thing and 
point fingers and say, oh, real estate agents are going to be obsolete or real estate agents are not going to exist because all the information is out there. And the consumers are privy to these, I mean, to this information. So how can we take what we have in our knowledge and either put it behind a wall or make it to where they need to talk to us to get it? You know, what value can we provide to them to regain that trust to where they can say, okay, I feel like I need this guy. Okay. Right. Or, okay, this guy is an expert because he's talking about this and nobody else is. So that's kind of my mindset with any type of marketing campaign that I'm going to run for my business. You know, how can I make this the most attractive um, campaign? How can I give the people what they want? you know, or create something that they're going to want and what strong call to action can I put behind this to actually get those names, get those phone numbers, get those opt-ins. Yeah. So you want to be a resource for people and then it's the jab, 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 right hook, right? So you're giving them content, giving them content, giving them content, all content that is valuable, that they learn a little something here and there. And then when it comes time for them to do something real estate, related and engage in a transaction you're their guy um yeah what, what would be an example of like a good call to action that you've had success with yeah so uh, let's see let's see okay so let's take specific let's just let's just start low level so so mm -hmm. like we're like leasing right if i'm trying to run in a bunch of tenants even even if my complete end goal is to get them in the meeting so that I can talk to them about purchasing. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm, that's not the message that I'm going to initially put out there. I'm going to put out there a, like, let's just say, for example, if I want to provide them with a list of the most dog friendliest high rises here mm -hmm. in, here in Dallas, you know, mm -hmm. that can be an example of a call to action. Like get this, get this specific list of the most dog friendliest communities in Dallas that people don't know about. You know? I love that. That's super yeah. specific. I mean, mm -hmm. most people, like you said, most people might put out, they, they can get information anywhere, right? So they're looking just what's available, but you're specifically most dog friendly. So if there's someone who has a dog who's looking for a place, that's that's definitely going to be of interest to them. You're definitely going to catch their attention with that. Not to mention, yeah. I know a lot of dogs on Instagram with like ten thousand followers. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's a good way to make it go viral. And what and what's cool about that is is I ran an ad on on Facebook for um it was actually for um buyer leads, but the image that I used for that ad was a picture of of a dog, and that was my <laughs> highest performing that'll do it um, ad set of that whole campaign. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, dog. Dogs and babies. <laughs> and I yeah. think I think also what going back to what you were talking about beforehand, um, and I, I commented on your YouTube video the other day about this. And if anybody hasn't watched, I mean, your your YouTube videos really helped me. And I, I still watch every single one of them now. And you have to go to Chase and J. Miles on YouTube. But I commented on your, the other one the other day. And you are it was about your latest the latest one the expenses one that you put out mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that put out you know expense videos or, or what, what to expect as a real estate agent and they'll say yeah you know you have to buy business cards and this and that and this and that but you're the first video i've ever seen that literally took his this statement and said this is my this is what i spent this is the dollar amount mm -hmm. this is the total you can look at it it's what was it like 20 something pages long you spent and I said, I was like, this is why I watch because you're probably the most transparent YouTube 
person I've, I've ever, you know, I watch, I watch a lot of people and mm-hmm. you're one of the most transparent people I watch. And when you watch that, especially as a viewer, you get the perception, which is the truth that, you know, this guy is, this guy knows, knows what he's talking about. And he's, he's, he's very honest, you know, because you are, um, so did you make it an effort, a conscious effort to do that when you first started to say, you know, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to say things that other people won't say or show things that other people won't show. Or did you just think of that on your own? Yeah, it wasn't really a conscious effort. I want to say it was more of a release for me mm-hmm. because what I what I kind of started doing with that, I would, I would, I would record like videos targeted to buyers and sellers because i was trying to like get business and then it was kind of like i was being sneaky behind the scenes recording videos like that i was just chronicling what i was experiencing and you know why this wasn't easy and my struggles and my troubles i'm 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 from that you know whole millennial zanga myspace (laughs) era where you know we used to get on the internet and talk about like mm. our problems and like people <laughs> were getting on our nerves and stuff like that. So, so that was what I started doing with, with my kind of personal YouTube videos. I didn't ever think anybody was going to watch them. You know, mm-hmm. this was before like tags and, and descriptions and titles. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't know any of that, but I, I just felt like, Hey, I don't have anybody to talk to. I don't know anybody. So let me just start talking to this camera. And it was your form and, of therapy. Yeah. But at the same yeah, time so, you were you were given back. Yeah, but once I started that, you know, I couldn't necessarily change the script to mm. to be like, okay, yeah, I was going to share with y'all at one time, but now I'm not sharing anything, you know. So it just kind of went down that that road to where even today, yeah, the circumstances has changed, the business has changed. I'm I'm a different person now. I've I've been afforded a lot of different things, but I've never lost that whole, you know, transparency, I guess. So, like, mm-hmm. so let me ask you this. Uh, building a team, right? At what point in your career did you feel like that was the appropriate thing to do? And how did you actually go about doing it? The recruiting process and meeting people and putting them in, in places and what's the first hire you made and, and all that stuff. Walk us through that. Yeah, so uh, this is so interesting. So, and and by by no means do I feel like I am an expert at building a team because this is constantly week by week a learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I was at Keller Williams, there was this agent who had said, you know, they were they were trying to teach us about branding, or he was trying to teach me about a brand, and he was like, yeah, you should form. Um, you know, the Chasten J Miles team. No, like I call it the C Miles team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you need to be known as the C Miles team because people take you more seriously when you have a team. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I created this little logo in paint and it was the C Miles team. And that was my kind of first official team, but it was just me. Um, the C Miles team quickly dissolved, but that was like the brand that I that I ran with. When it, when it actually got more so into a team was when I got, and this is just completely reactive, um, but it got to where I needed help in my actual business. And so my first hire, my first hire was really a transaction coordinator because okay. it was kind of like, okay, this is the cheapest hire that you can make to where you're just paying them 
per deal. It's like 200 bucks a deal and they can cut out that whole, you know, you having to do the contract to close stuff. Yeah. So that was my first like real actual hire. And then from there, it went to getting a buddy of mine to, hey, hey, bro, you want to be my buyer's agent? And and so that's how that came about. And we were just kind of like a two person duo um, for a while. I was still, I guess you can say the the head agent. And then I had him as the, the buyer's agent. Then one of and my you mentors, were, you were you were pounding the phones at the time, calling expireds and fizbos and all that yeah, stuff. Wow. Yeah, I was still the one doing doing whatever, doing doing like whatever it, it took. And then as how, I started sorry, getting, how long did it take uh, your buddy, the buyer's agent, to close their first deal? Well, so how we had it structured, it wasn't kind of how things are now to where I'm passing deals along. It was more so of a we worked on everything together. Gotcha. You know, I'll generate the lead. You go out and show them. Then we take it to this transaction coordinator when it's time for the contract and we split it 50-50. Okay. Like that was that was the agreement. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I was getting coached more. You know, I was affording more. So I invested in coaching and and more training. And, you know, they kind of like chewed my ass a bit because it was just kind of like, yeah, this isn't scalable. You, you can't always run things like this this isn't going to be, become the kind of big thing when at the time it wasn't even like i was trying to make a big thing it was just like i just need to get stuff done the money was still coming in we were burning and churning but um a lot of other areas in the business were kind of taking a toll mm-hmm. so then i brought in the fourth hire which with the help of my broker he basically just assigned me somebody who wasn't doing very well in their real estate career i was like this person can be your assistant so um she was an assistant for me and this other agent and we just split her cost 50 50. Mm-hmm. and so she became our actual assistant so by this time oh she salaried know, no okay no well i guess you could say like there was a set number a week that we we paid her so she wasn't so, it wasn't commission based it was just you help us out we're gonna pay you yeah exactly cool. real informal um but she was she was the one doing that so before you know it, it was like, okay, there's me, then my transaction coordinator, then my buyer's agent, then then her. So I was like, wow, I got like four <laughs> people now, you know. This You're is a team. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. then that's when like literally overnight I was like, all right, now I got to get serious about this. How do I put together a real legit team? You know, how do I actually grow a real legit team? So then me and the guy we started kind of interviewing other agents and bringing on little buyers agents here and there. But this whole time we're like doing that. That's when I'm setting up these systems and the rules Mm -hmm. and the team handbooks and, you know, just kind of learning as Mm -hmm. we go. Um, And so fast forward, kind of how I told y'all that I dissolved the team and got rid of everybody because everybody that was a part of this, it was out of reaction and it was out of bro. Like I need help. Can you help me do this? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't superstar cold callers. Wasn't superstar listing agents. You were taking and who you can get. Exactly. And yeah. a bad exactly. hire is a bad and, hire. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, they didn't, they didn't really want to, you know, be doing it anyway. You know, they were, they were kind of over it. You know, they were more so like, Oh, you know, this isn't my end goal anyway, but I'm just doing this to like help you out. So, mm. um, but, on my end, I was trying to become like 
the team leader and be you know like these are the rules and these are our goals and this and that and they're kind of looking at me like bro you got some for us or not like, <laughs> did you so, read uh the millionaire real estate agent yes so w- yeah. was that the model you were kind of trying to replicate along the way it was a combination of that model and just like what i thought i needed you yeah. know yeah. what i what i thought was gonna be be right and so that's why we made the conscious decision to kind of dissolve everything and for me to start fresh doing it the right way you know i have the business i have my systems you know i have what works for me i have the public image i have the track record at this point now i need superstars now Mm -hmm. if we're gonna go big i need big players so how do you find the decision how do you find those people yeah and that's been quite the struggle for me just, I just, think that's well. That's I think that's a struggle for every growing team. And I've noticed mm-hmm. in I mean, you put a couple of videos up of interviewing the uh, of the people who come in the for the job, and and you're tough on them. I like it, you know. And you say, you know, when it comes to business, I'm all business. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and that and that's been my whole strategy behind finding people. Really, like make this as public as possible that I'm looking for people. Mm-hmm. And um, I released those videos, and you should have saw how my mm-hmm. inbox just blew up with just new applicants. <laughs> and I had, I had another round of interviews yesterday. And y'all, these people came sharp this time. I mean, <laughs> are, you, <laughs> are you doing any personality profile tests? Like the yeah. disc assessment so, and all that? Yeah, so I am doing the um, disc test on everyone. Smart. I think So I think that's actually the whole key to hiring correctly is so – I used to work for a Fortune 500 company before I came over into real estate. And one thing that they did, they had this Gallup test where every applicant had to take a Gallup test. What that Gallup test was, it was a one-hour phone conversation uh, where the person on the other end of the phone just asked you questions. And what they did was they they tested the top 5 to 10% of the sales force. And the closer you matched to their results as an applicant – the higher the likelihood of you moving on to the next round, meaning they were trying to replicate their best salespeople, right? And their best salespeople, according to the DISC test, was were people who were high Ds, right? And that DISC assessment, if you're using it, I'm sure you know, uh, high Ds are the people who, above all else, they, they'll get it done. Right. Um, and us as people, you know, when we when we meet adversity, that's that's when we show who we really are. So... If you're hiring the wrong people, once the adversity starts to kick up, you're going to you're going to be who you really are at your core, not who you pretended to be on an interview. Right? right. So for you is that was that kind of your experience was, you know, when you had those people before you trimmed them down, were were they the kind of people that promised the world and they were all in and then when the dust started to kick up and 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 the going got rough, you saw kind of a different person than than who they had shown you to be originally. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was, it was a mix of that and a few other things. Um, one of the, and I, and I'm always one to recognize some areas that I needed to improve on, but I, I wasn't asking the right questions. Um, you know, and then I also didn't know, yeah, I was having people take this assessment, but how does that translate to these different real estate positions? You know, what position is a, a high D good for? 
or you know i didn't i didn't necessarily know all of those things mm -hmm. and i didn't know which questions to ask and i was more just so like a oh yeah well that was a good answer and you seem nice and <laughs> yeah you're hungry and eager and you know what are they hungry and eager for are they hungry and eager for a few you know, thousand dollars in, in, in their pockets so that they can go on a, a trip or are they hungry and eager for a long-term real estate career? And so a lot of the people that I had before, and it's so unfortunate, but they came in, made a good amount of money, and then things weren't that important to them because their pockets were fat. Yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily a long-term play. And, and I'll have y'all know, everybody who was on that original team, they're all doing something else now. Like none of them are in They're outside of the business. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and they're, they're on to like great things, but it was the things that they really wanted to do, you know? And so this, this next go, go round. Yeah. Paul, you said that I'm kind of tough on the questions because I know which questions that I need to ask because I know what I need to look for now. Right. I know, I know how to form these questions to where, yeah, you can you can try to rehearse these interview scripts, but I'm going to call you out on it. Mm -hmm. um, just like I call one of the guys out on it. I was just kind of like, OK, put all these scripts out of your your head because that's going to immediately get you disqualified. Like, I need to know for real, for real what your intentions are, mm -hmm. which um, is good, which is good. That's how it's supposed to be. So yeah. it, it's funny because you and it's actually amazing. And it's especially for the people who are just starting out or have maybe even been in it for a couple of years or so. Um, you know, you, you literally started from nothing. I mean, you, you didn't even have electricity, <laughs> your lights were off, you had yeah. nothing. Yeah. And now you, you know, fast forward five years later, uh, you just turned, it was just your 30th birthday, right? A few weeks yeah. or so ago. Happy belated mm -hmm. birthday. Um, you. and you, now you're building this team and you're building this big brand and you're one of the, the biggest realtors in the Dallas sort of area. And mm -hmm. do you ever sit back and you think, holy crap, you know, I can't believe, you know, I got from this low to, to where I am right now. Do you ever think about it? Um, in a way, in a way, because in my head, honestly, it's still a big work in progress, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily claim to be an, an expert on, a, on a lot of things, but I'm extremely grateful that, that I am where I am right now but I'll just tell you, there's a lot more work to be done, mm, you know, and I think that's what keeps me humble in this and keeps me, me really wanting to move forward with a lot of things. I mean, real estate has afforded me some great opportunities, not just within the, the real estate industry, but here in the city, in the nation. Um, and so I'm extremely grateful for all of those things, like things like the books. Yeah. And tell the me about the book. How, how do you yeah. go about getting a book deal? Man, I, I, I don't know, you know, just kind of the same way we went about ending up on this podcast, together, <laughs> someone reaching out, um, putting the idea in, in my head and kind of like, yeah, that would be actually pretty cool. You know, those are those things that I'm just kind of like, wow, how did it get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how was writing the book? Was that tough? It seems like, I don't know that I could ever do that. I mean, I try and write a two-page blog, and I can't, you know? So a book just seems like, what was that process like? It wasn't as hard as it may sound because everything that I put in the book was literally out of my, my head. 
yeah, I went and pulled little facts and numbers here just to support certain things, but that book, and that's why I wanted to name it The Real Before the Estate, is 100% The Real Me. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, would, I only talk about what I, what I knew. You're not going to see in that book how to sell um or like how to turn into the biggest luxury agent in your city because that's that's just not me but you will hear in that and reading that book about how i went from a to b and b to c and c to d and um wherever but but there's still a whole bunch of letters to to be completed and and so it was it was more so like brain dumping just yeah. mm-hmm. just letting it all just flow out then the hard part though came came where you're ha- you're having to organize it into an actual book you know and it's just like well you kind of repeated this again and you kind of mm-hmm. said this and you know um putting it in like real chapters and making it beneficial like that's where all the the hard stuff came but the, the content itself mm-hmm. wasn't too difficult where do you find the time for that running a team and selling real estate i mean Realtors, they wear 10 hats, right? You know, you're a transaction coordinator, you're a lead generator, you're, you're an outbound caller prospecting, you're showing houses, you're doing all these things, right? And even with a team around you, just managing all that is, is wild. So, I mean, what, like 10 to midnight, you're, you're writing the book. (laughs) How, How does that work? Yeah, that book took me a while to get done. Um, you know, I want to, I want to say like, it took me probably about a year to get done, but I am really good at leveraging, you know, and, and as I've made more money, I've invested in, in more people, you know, so my, so my real estate salespeople and, and, and my team is, it's just one side of this whole operation I have going on. Mm-hmm. Then for all of my YouTube stuff and blogging and books and speaking and, that type of thing. I have a whole nother operation going on with a whole different staff. And so I, I've, I've, I've gotten really good at leveraging my time um, to where that stuff is able to, to kind of go on its own. Well, I don't want to say go on its own, like I'm not hands-on with it, but um, I'm able to put in my schedule, okay, these days a week, I need to record a YouTube video. I mean, it takes me probably 10 minutes to record because I'm just like a one take kind of guy because I'm just speaking from like whatever. And then it goes and gets edited and then it goes and gets, you know, a blog written um, from it. Then the whole um, descriptions and all that kind of stuff that I'm not even I'm not even doing that. And then, you know, it's it's launch day and I add in things slowly as I see that, you know, we have time for them and we have space for them. Um, luckily on the, the, the real estate side, how it's going right now, everybody kind of knows their job. The, the last few people that I do have, everybody kind of knows their, their job and, you know, knows what to do. So it's just about accountability at this point. Now, as I'm bringing on these new people that you see, that's going to take some time. Mm -hmm. That's going to take some time out of my schedule. It's going to take a lot of efforts and everything like that. But as I start to, to see little holes in my, my calendar, like yeah it seems like my days are getting later and later but that's when we we kind of add things in there so um something that we we kind of added last week was me getting on instagram live a couple days a week so uh-huh. you know just taking 10 minutes out of the, the schedule to hop on on live you know and we all we all have a lot of hours in in the day 
I just feel like it really comes down to, like many people say, how you use those those hours. And I've, I've found a schedule that works for me and works for everybody else around me. But I would not, I would not at all be able to do all that I do without the people around me gotcha. because they all play a big part in this whole operation. Well, that's awesome. Outside of the book and outside of all the social media stuff you have going on and real estate, do you have any other projects that you're working on or... I mean, yeah. you're busy as it is. <laughs> yeah. Or what's next, even? That's what I was going to yeah. ask. What What do you, you – you came to this. What's next? I mean, what's your, you know, three-year or five-year, however, whatever the goal is or, you know, projection that you go to? What What do you want to get to? What is it that – you know, what do you want to look like? You're, you did five years now, and five years from now, how do you want to be? Do you have any sort of goal of that? Well, it would be horrible of me to say no, um, <laughs> but but I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell y'all what I'm what I'm kind of working on now. So you know, just from this year, I've I've partnered or I have a startup in the works, and it is it is for something within the the real estate industry, and it, and it's gonna be great. I have a business um, partner and kind of team on on that, and then I've linked up with a couple of other companies who are who are doing great things just from an advisement role and um, they have some some great products and things rolling out I am going around speaking more so you know just kind of putting the message out there and going on the road and things like that and yeah are I you mean, coaching or is it more more of like a motivational thing what's real real estate or real estate information or coaching or motivation? No, yeah, all of it. So, so mm -hmm. I do have a um, coaching group. I meet with them once a week, and then I have a few one-on-one -on -one coaching students, and we have our our meetings set out. Um, as far as the like speaking goes, it's it's of course been around the book and and lead generation and a bit of motivation here and there. Um, but you know, I, I I like to say that I'm pretty good at the whole training thing and getting people going so it's so it's been kind of around there and the projects that i'm working on those are actual like businesses right. so you know actual products or softwares newer newer to me a lot a lot of this stuff is coming more and more as as my influence grows mm -hmm. um through youtube and through my mailing lists and and blogging so you know people present stuff to me all the time and unfortunately, I'm not able to take them all on. But projects that like I can really see can make a difference in our industry um, kind of come to the front of the list. And so just like really travel around spreading my message, you know, just hoping to inspire people, hoping for people to create changes in their their business. I don't I don't know what it's going to look like a year from now, five years from mm -hmm. now. I, I mean, this wasn't even in the plan a year ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't know that everything that I'm doing today and everything that's kind of, I like to say on my email signature, but it's not really on my email signature, but yeah. everything that's there, I didn't even see this coming a year ago, you know? So, um, um, all my planning and goals are adjusting. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Look, you're evolving. You're building off different arms of your business, right? You've got the real estate thing. You've got the coaching thing. Uh, you've got the book. It's listen, you, you gotta be multifaceted in life in order to make it right. Because it, it Real estate markets go up and down. They slow down, then they're fast. And as long as you have that those constant revenue streams going, you'll always be comfortable, right? And you'll always be able to give back by doing what you're looking to do, which is coach. I mean, I'm sure it's extremely rewarding 
when you take on a client and you take that client from, you know, modest productivity to very productive, right? right. I mean, that, that's got to be great. So, I mean, and your, sto- your story is inspiring. I mean, you inspired Paul here, you know, to get into real estate. And I think for people listening that are struggling or thinking about getting into real estate, there's a few, you know, I, th- I think what I took most from your story that I think was most important was one, the perseverance. Just like you said, you persevered with just getting started to get that first listing. You persevered to get it sold. You started your YouTube with, you know, you were just talking into the camera, but you kept doing it until you built an audience. And the other, the other big thing I think that people should take from this is the honesty. You know, I think one of the biggest problems for, you know, speaking about real estate agents specifically is a lot of people don't do a good job. They get a listing and they leave it there and they don't do anything to sell it. And the biggest objection you'll get from most people is, oh, I had a realtor, you didn't do anything, or, or you guys, you guys don't bring any value. But mm-hmm. like you said, you do what you say you're going to do. You learn that early on. You do what you say you're going to do, and you're honest. You put it all out there so people know know that you're real. They know you're actually doing the stuff you're talking about, that you're not fake. So just the perseverance and being real and, and doing what you say you're going to do. I mean, I think those are those are huge messages for people that are listening to this, like that, like I said, are struggling or looking to get started and just want some advice of just some simple, basic, foundational things that they can be doing to get going. So, I mean, we know you're busy. We really appreciate you coming on and joining us because we know you have a lot of opportunities. Um, Do you have anything to plug yeah, before you, you want to say before we go? Yeah, um, I do. I, I'll do a plug in just a second. Go for it. Something else that I want to add that I feel like is super important, especially for newer people in, in the business or people looking to to grow in the business is, you know, don't don't necessarily try to figure it all out right now. And and the reason why I say that is because there is so much to this industry. And I feel like a big problem is people get so overwhelmed with just all the information out there. You know, I'm two weeks in the business. How do I write a contract? How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? Whereas the approach that I take to a lot of stuff, um, which I mean, y'all can think it's smart or not smart, get the information when you need it, you know, get the information, what you need to focus on the now. And that's something that I live by every single day, because when you focus on the now you get what needs to get done right now. And, and it's, it's really changed a lot for me because yeah, we can have goals and we can have dreams and everything, but we also have things that we need to get done right now. And and when you try to just to figure out everything and it only sets you up for disappointment when you realize you're not able to use what you tried to figure out. You don't have a client to write a contract for. You don't you don't have a listing to go put this marketing plan together for. And so really focus on what's important and what you need to do right now um that was all i want to say about that but yeah you can you can get my book on amazon yeah i'll tell you and and it and it's very good and when and it's and it's funny i was gonna say before how you said you know it's literally your brain just written on paper because reading and and we lead we read a lot of books so and i can tell by reading it and you say multiple times throughout it it's literally like i'm having a conversation with you while reading it and i guess that's you know you kind of that's what you were aiming for, and you hit it because that's. I, I'm reading it. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's not cookie cutter. It's it's something that you know. I'm sitting here and I'm reading this book, and I'm like, you know, it's like I'm sitting here on the phone. And I'm talking to him <laughs> because he'll say, listen, I'm not gonna tell you how to do this, this, and this, 
what I am going to tell you to do is how to do this. Mm -hmm. And you may not get this, but you will get this, you know, and it's that and that that's real. It's real. And that and that's why that's why I liked it. Yeah. So you did a good job, even though it took that long. (laughs) I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So it's available. Um, You can actually go directly to the real before the estate dot com and it's available there. It'll link you right up to to Amazon. And and yeah, I mean, if you need that extra push, I have a few programs out there and um, coaching platforms. Definitely check out ChasingJMiles.com. Yep. And I mean, and there's a tremendous amount of free stuff, blogs and downloads and all kinds of stuff. And your YouTube videos, you have to watch them. Yep. No, 100%. And if anybody's got any uh, referrals to send to Dallas... Chasten's your man. Yes, yes I'm right? We are here and ready for him. Very good. Very good. All right, everybody. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Chasten, thank you for coming, man. Thank Had you. Had an awesome time today. Thank you for joining. We yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, and we are Absolutely. out. Absolutely.